Hey, welcome to Colas, everybody. Um, first off, anybody got a lighter? Um, speaking of smoke, we have a great guest here today from out of town, but here in the Sacramento area. And you braved the smoke, right? You made it through. No, no foggy look. No Armageddon. Nothing like that. No, nothing too crazy. It's Casey uh, from Bloom. You know, tell me a little bit about Bloom because Bloom's been around for a while, and like everybody else in the cannabis industry, there's been a lot of changes all around, and you know, everybody's saying. They're the best. They're the best. I can't tell you how many people we have come through the doors to tell us, you know what? I'm the best, and here's why. And you can't have 100 best, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I think uh, that's how weed's been sold for the last 10 years. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> this is the best. Why? <laughs> this is the best. You know, it's just like- I got the best grower. Yeah, I got yeah, the best yeah. manufacturer, and et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, Bloom's been around for a while. We started probably towards the end of 2014 was really the inception. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been six years at this point, pretty strong. Um, I think what we first saw, I think back then in 2014 was there really wasn't any vape carts on the market. I think it was like, there were some, you know, we had a few brands. You had like Spliffin, I think was out there. There was Alpine, but really wasn't a consistent vape brand, right? You walk into a store, you buy, let's say a, you know, brand A's Blue Dream. Mm-hmm. And then that same brand would be down the street at another store with the Blue Dream. And you look at the two cartridges and it's a different color. One's half leaked. You know, they, they taste different. They feel yeah. different. So looking at all of this, you know, we, we kind of just sat down and said, hey, guys, I think we can do something that maybe is a little bit more consistent. You know, maybe a little bit more like Corona, for instance, or like, a, you know, Bud Light, where you have a Bud Light here, you have it in Europe. It's the same taste. It's mm-hmm. the same flavor. It's the same experience. So how do you do that with cannabis, knowing... Yeah, you're, you're California bred and based, mm-hmm. and you're using California flour to start with. But if you open up another state, you're having to use the flour growing there. How do you get that consistency between two different geographies? Right, which is a wonderful question. Um, I think that what we focused on really was figuring out how to, or what was the essence of the plant, right? What made a strain a strain? Because if you look at any cannabis plant, you're looking at cannabinoids and you're looking at terpenes. Those are the two main components that mm-hmm. affect your high. Right. With cannabinoids, they're agnostic. It doesn't matter if you get THC from a sativa or from an indica. THC is always fundamentally mm-hmm. the same. So knowing that, what we really focused on were the terpene profiles. Right. So just start, try to understand, OK, what makes King Louis King Louis? And so what we did is we actually worked with a group in California who uh, it was actually a scientist um, who specialized in terpene research. And we sent him different varietals of strains. We sent him like a King Louie, we sent him a Skywalker. And what he did for us was essentially create a recipe or a blueprint for what that strain mm-hmm. was. So even today we still sell, you know, Bloom King Louie, for instance, that King Louie is actually the same plant that we sent this guy four or five years ago. Um, it's exactly that profile. Incredible. Yeah. And that's how we were able to scale, right? So now instead of having to send flour from place to place, all we have to do is get terpenes from one place to another which has no THC content, right? So that allows us to scale. And that's why we're in five states today. Okay, so let me ask you, and you're not going to give away the company's secrets, sure. but what's this guy's secret sauce? I, I can't imagine taking a plant and blueprinting it right. to be identical. I think every snowflake that drops is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. So how do you take a cannabis plant and say, you know what? Six years ago, we gave it to some guy and he replicated it completely. 
to hear. What's going on with that? Right. And and to be fair, he doesn't have everything in the plant. I think there's like, if you look at real terpene profiles, there's probably two, 300 components mm -hmm. and some things that we don't even know how to find yet. Um, I think what he did differently, what all of our formulas have. So if you look at, you know, if you buy a terpene profile online, let's say, right, um, you're maybe getting 10, 15, 20 different types of terpenes. But what he was able to do is identify some other components uh, that other people couldn't. So all of our profiles have anywhere from like 50 to 80 different components. And it's not just terpenes. There's things like flavonoids. There's things like esters. Um, there's other components that make up like it's it's almost more textural, right? It's almost more complex. And that's what gives Bloom its flavor. Um, we, we, you know, if you if you smoke any strain from Bloom, you'll notice that the flavor itself changes as you're smoking it. Mm -hmm. And that's similar to wine. That's similar to um, like craft beers. You, you get a very deep sense of flavor. There's different layers within the layers. And that comes from the complexity of the profile itself. And really that comes from the plant. Um, you just lose it a lot of times when, you know, you extract it or do this or that to it or um, people don't use the same types of terpenes or whatever it is, you lose a lot of it. But what he was able to do is find some of those components that helped make up that strain that gives it a little bit more unique of a personality, a little bit more full of a flavor. And that's why we've been so successful. So basically taking the nature of the plant, but using a scientific approach to get the full benefits of the plant, not letting the plant onto its own, but digging through those, like I'd say the layers of the onion, so to speak, but the layers of the cannabis plant extract those distinctions exactly exactly yeah so like for me bloom i mean it's oversimplification but like if you're looking at a cheap wine that doesn't have time to develop right and give you different flavors mm -hmm. and to looking at something that's more complex like you guys have wine here they've probably been sitting around for a while that has time to mature and, and have a more complex flavor pro profile i think that's really where bloom has been able to excel is we've, we've been able to capture that more complex side of it so you, you brought up an interesting analogy with wine. So mm -hmm. my understanding, coming from Italian heritage, that wine, even once you bottle it, it's still alive. It's still evolving in the bottle yes. and growing forward. So that live mechanization is, is pretty cool. So, you know, the wine's going to taste different than it was, you know, three years ago when it was first bottled. How does that relate to where cannabis is now? I, I, you know, Bloom's got kind of built your heritage, I understand, on distillate, mm -hmm. but now moving into live resin, there's a big difference between the two. There is. So when you use that word live again, mm -hmm. what's that transition? What does it mean to the average consumer that maybe doesn't have the palate to really understand it? How do you break it down for them and say, you know, live resin is literally what it sounds like, live. Yeah, so it, it's a, um, live resin is very interesting and it's a very loaded word, I would say, because everyone has somewhat of a different definition for what live resin actually is. Um, I, I think it's also interesting to back up and look at it because before everything was inconsistent because it was a pure extract from the plant and people hated that right people loved bloom because you can get a standard this is the profile this is how it's going to be well fast forward to today it's actually the exact opposite is true now everyone nobody wants those standard profiles everybody wants something that's truer to the plant mm. and that's where live resin comes in um, what i would say is interesting about it is that live resin itself just by definition is basically what you're doing is you're basically stopping the plant uh, from growing after a certain point, right? Or from curing after a certain point. You're essentially saying the plant at its most flavorful essence, we're going to freeze it and stop it from maturing any further. And then what we're going to do is we're going to capture that essence and extract it. That's what really makes live resin. That's the technique ah. of live resin, right? Um, I think what, you know, what we're seeing in cartridges these days, what we're seeing in terms of complexity and, and what people are looking for, well, 
there's a pros and cons to this process of extraction of a live plant. Um, the cons is most of the times when you apply heat and or pressure to an extraction process, particularly extracting terpenes, you modify them. So your pro is that you get a very wide range of terpenes, you know, all the ones that we can't find. Mm -hmm. That's what you're getting from the live resin. That's what give it, gives it its earthiness. But on the flip side, the negative part of it is that because you generally apply heat and pressure to extract these things, you are modifying certain terpenes. So it's not it's true, truer to the plant because it has a greater range or greater spectrum of what's in the plant, but it's not as true because some of the terpenes themselves are modified. And I think there's a common misconception here that people think that, well, you know, it's just because it's live resin, it's much more true to the plant. Um, not necessarily. Certain things are modified mm -hmm. throughout this process. Uh, so that that's just something that I think is a common misconception. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, overall, I mean, live resin is a pure plant extract as as the definition is now when you're talking about cartridges well when you have a pure plant extract you're also ext co-extracting a lot of other stuff right a lot of other things that are within the plant which is why the the extract itself is darker it's runnier lower potency so what most brands tend to do is they tend to infuse it with a distillate which mm -hmm. is a higher concentrated uh, cannabinoids, right? I've seen that. And you yes. go live resin. Why is it so light looking? Correct. Correct. Mm, yeah. And some okay. people even, uh, some people even basically take just the terpene profiles from that live resin plant and then reinfuse it with just distillate, right? Which is also another way of looking at it. Now, I, I think, um, the way cannabis culture works is the moment someone questions your purity or the moment someone questions purity, it's not legit anymore, right? So now what we're seeing is a very clear distinction. Well, you put, you put distillate in your live resin cart and that's bad, bad, bad. But, you know, just pulling back from a different angle and mm -hmm. looking at it and thinking about, well, you know, what is the makeup of cannabis that gets, what, what are the parts that get you high? Again, back to what I was saying earlier, it's uh, cannabinoids and terpenes. Whether it's distillate or live resin extract, you know, at the end of the day, your base components are cannabinoids and terpenes. It's just how many terpenes are there? What are the terpenes, right? Has it been modified? Those are the things that determine what the flavor profile is going to be and what the effect will be. But fundamentally, they're the same thing. All comes down to quality, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, it does come down to quality and comes down to the person making it, right? And how much they care about the process. Well, we're going to come back to quality. We're going to take a quick break, but we want to talk about quality and brand. And I know with, with your name, brand is a big deal. So everybody, we're going to be right back. Get your thinking caps on. You just got educated on distillate versus live resin. See you soon. All right. Well, welcome back. Um, I just got a really good education on live resin versus distillate, which I thought I knew a lot about, and I just found out I did not. So thank you, Casey. Very yeah. smart man. No problem. No problem. So in, regardless uh, of your process, it still comes down to good quality. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, you mentioned earlier about you've your brand's been around for a while, mm -hmm. and I think a lot of customers now, since uh, cannabis has been legalized in California for a couple of years, you know, Quality's always been big, but they're bombarded by brands. And the average consumer that comes in, especially people maybe new to cannabis and there's a world, they don't know how to distinguish quality versus brand. They kind of, it's like walking down a supermarket and you've never had cereal and you go, oh, what cereal do I buy? It tends to be, 
the top of mind. Like, oh, I've heard of Cheerios. It must be good. I'll buy that. Whether it's the right cereal for you or not, you're going to buy it. And it seems like we've come to that in cannabis. Um, I've walked through a couple dispensaries and I see Bloom, Bloom the brand, right? Right. I've seen a couple other products with Bloom in the name. I, I've got to say there's probably four cannabis companies in California I can think of right off the top of my mind that got Bloom in the name. Right. So how do you distinguish yourselves? You know, people, especially right now, they can't get out of the house. They can't talk to somebody of knowledge mm -hmm. in a dispensary. So they go, okay, there's all these brands. I don't know what's quality or not. So the only one thing I'm going to buy is a brand that I've heard someplace, name recognition, good or bad, good quality or not, I'm buying it. So, so what do you do with all this? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great question. Great observation. I think um, there are a lot of blooms. Uh, it's uh, definitely been something that we've had to kind of work with over the last five years. Mm -hmm. um, actually, I think Bloom Farms and the Bloom brand, which is us, mm -hmm. uh, we came pretty much exact same time. And they were based up here in San Francisco. We were based in L.A. So when you say Bloom in L.A., it's us. And when you say Bloom up here, it's <laughs> Bloom Farms. <laughs> and then somewhere along the way, I think Legion of Bloom and a few other guys yeah. came out as well. So it just made the whole thing all a sure. big party, a big Bloom party. But I think for us really... Um, you know, what, what we focused on, similar to what you guys have here at Colas, is, is having the right icon, right, to kind of support the brand. So for us, we always focused on the double O's and having that red kind of uh, red color between the double O's. That mm -hmm. way it focuses your eyes on the bloom. Um, and we always, we've always used that kind of as our icon. And that's been allowed us to stay somewhat distinct. Um, in terms of the branding, I think having a clear personality and the, the genesis of the branding really back in the day was to make something that felt comfortable and easy, which which to us was Apple, right? So it was a kind of Apple or like your piece by Dre. Very clean, simple, no matter where you're at in the world, you knew what it was. Yeah, so at that time, nobody had a white box, actually, when we first launched. Everybody had, it was black and gold, it was very masculine, mm -hmm. it was aggressive. You know, sometimes you had something very natural, like natural tones, but nothing was white, clean, and sharp. And really, when we started, that's what we were looking for. And we were the first ones on shelf. I remember being so proud because... I could walk into a shop after going through all the different doors, but you walk into a shop and then you see the you see us on the shelf and you could clearly point us out because ah. because we were the only white box yeah. we had the double O and and that's that's kind of how that's how the brand started and that's how we started gaining our identity um, and then from there you know over the years we've just focused on evolving like what is it that that keeps us relevant in the market that people are looking for. Um, and I think with Bloom, what we found was, you know, people loved our flavors, like the, the Maui Waui, the Pineapple Express, when they came out, like in LA, and I think it was in 2017, 2016, we, we just became huge just because those flavors were so distinct, right? And so focusing on the flavors now, if you look at our boxes, what we tried to do with each strain was create a personality around it, right? And that way you get emotional connection with what you're smoking. You get a good sense of like, you look at the box, you know what to expect, right? You see... You see tropical flowers. Okay, cool. Maui, Waui, right? You see kind of like the outline of a pineapple. Like, okay, I got it, right? Yeah. So, so that's the way that we use to differentiate. Um, but I, I think overall, you, you make a very good point. At this point, there is no way to tell, right? When, when I first started doing this, I could walk into a shop, bring my product in, and let people try it. And that's what I did. I'd mm -hmm. actually just try my pen, try my pen, try my pen. Um, and no one turns down free weed, right? Yeah, so never. <laughs> you walk into a weed shop, like that's what you go. You're like, okay, the one guy that so does, he's a narc. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It was just you, you're almost testing everyone that walks in, um, and uh, that was that was how you could tell. And everything was quality driven. People tasted it, they tried it. I like it or I don't like it, you know. And I feel like that was a very pure representation yeah. of, hey, I, this is how cannabis can be. Um, 
but as things change and and as they should change right you can't just be letting everyone sample product all the time Mm -hmm. and letting them drive off um but you know as things changed you kind of get away from that because you don't have the ability to really sample things in store and let people try it and as a brand as things become more regulated there's more tax there's more this there's more that it becomes very difficult to just give people product all the time you know and we we try to as much as we can but at the end of the day um, it's not really the same. So yeah. what it does come down to now is branding and figuring out, okay, who is the consumer and, and how do we, you know, get in front of that consumer to stay top of mind. Um, and as a result, you know, it, it's drastically shifted from what products are the highest quality to what products are the best known mm-hmm. um, and which brands have the most demand for them, which is now driving kind of not necessarily consumer behavior, but it's driving buying behavior from stores, right? So like, for a store, which I totally understand, you want to pick the brands that have the biggest following, that have the biggest ability to market, because those are the brands where people can come and ask for it. They're going to bring you customers. So it, it's kind of, it's gone in the opposite direction. And I think what will happen over time is that we're, we'll find a balance. It'll pull back towards quality at some point, and you'll have quality products with quality branding. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting because, you know, if you look at like, let's say beer, Right, like uh, for how many people love Budweiser as their number one beer? There's, there's better beers, you yeah. know what oh, I'm saying? Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. but it's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's all over the place. That's the brand you think of, like Bud Light. Okay, great. You know, that's that's the brand. So that's, whether you that's like it or hate it, you know what it's going to taste like. Yep, yep. And there, there's there's some merit in that. I yeah. think so. It's uh, I, I'm hoping that the cannabis industry will find a nice balance between a brand and the quality mm-hmm. of the product. Well, you got a per- particular situation right now. Mm-hmm. You've just launched a new product, different yep. name than your brand. Yep. How are you going to get that out there? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good question. Um, and uh, same question we asked ourselves, right? We, we thought we were a little crazy because we were, okay, well, we have Bloom. We have Bloom this, Bloom that, but, and everyone knows it. But then when we really thought about it, right, like you're, if we go into the pre-roll market as a Bloom, we're a vape company making a pre-roll. Mm-hmm. And everyone will see it that way, right? If, but... On the other side, if we come in and just look at the pre-roll consumer and say, hey, this is what you guys need, this is what you guys are looking for, and build a brand around that, there's a lot more powerful of a sell to that particular group. So that's how we looked at creating this brand, which is called Treat, mm-hmm. T-R-E-A-T. I almost dropped that one. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't know how to spell, <laughs> like, I'm going to oh, have you smoking buddy. something right now. <laughs> oh, I would do buddy. a spell in B. I think yeah. I need a drink. But um, <laughs> no, no, no. So, so we, we made Treat, um, and uh, we're very, very proud and excited to launch it. I think what's great about it is that it gives us flexibility. We don't sit within the confines of Bloom anymore, mm-hmm. right? We, there's no expectation there. So we're able to kind of play with it the way that we want to play with it, which is really opening it up to a more creative direction, um, using illustration, using video, using stills, creating a connection with the brand. Um, and what's even great about, even better about it and related to what we're talking about here is that the focus was to create a product that was similar to what we saw when it was a medical market, right? And create that high quality product, but at a very accessible price point. So before before I send you on your way, mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you one question. So I gotta say, Casey, you, you're a pretty in-depth cannabis guy, right? Yeah. I've had, had a good lot of good cannabis experiences <laughs> here and there. Yeah, a little here, a little there, yeah. So so Casey from Bloom, you know, take us down a quick, quick, short little if you got a story about your funniest cannabis experience, your most unusual, maybe something that wasn't so good. Do you have a story that's just like cannabis related? And it's about Casey and or Bloom. Ooh, wow, that's a loaded question. Um, <laughs> Literally loaded. 
yeah, no, I think, um, you know, I, I, I have very typical stories, which kind of sucks because I want to like tell you a good <laughs> one, to be honest. I, I think all of my stories with with vaping, I think it's it's I've never had a particularly crazy experience. I think all the crazy experiences come from like the first time dabbing or like the first time taking a big edible or something mm-hmm. like that, especially the edible. Oh, yeah. I, Everybody's got that one edible story. Oh, man. Yeah. No, if you I, have more than one. Uh, OK, buddy, you didn't learn the first time. <laughs> I, I think edibles, it's like, you know, when you don't smoke cannabis, you're like, this is such an easy. It's a cookie. What's yeah. it going to do? You know, yeah. you don't think about it and then you eat it. And then you're like, okay, I still feel fine. And then an hour later, oh, you know, oh, 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 I'm riding this <laughs> yeah. way. There's no going back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And that that happened to me like pretty early on. I remember, um, it's not much of a story, but I remember I was, uh, I took an edible. I was with my friend, and we were out and about, and and uh, I went back to my apartment. And we parked the car in the, the driveway, and I was kind of just like, hey, you know, I'm feeling something kind of weird, and within like. 30 seconds, I, I think I was floored. Like there was, there was, I was, I stopped processing the world, you know? And, yeah. and my friend looked at me, he's like, I was ghost pale. And I was like, let's go up. He's like, let's go upstairs. You know, like, come on, like, that's my apartment. Let's chill. You'll feel comfortable. I was like, Danny, I, I can't. Like, he's like, what do you mean? I was like, I just, I just can't. And I ended up walking in a circle on my driveway for 30 minutes while my friend's sitting there on his phone, like, you ready? You ready? You ready? And I was like, I, I can't. And then finally, after 30 minutes, I'm like, I think I can go upstairs. <laughs> and then I finally get upstairs. I sit down on my couch and life started to return to normal. But I really did learn that edibles, you don't fuck around with. Yeah. <laughs> you, hey, boy, it's the longest dosage, journey guys. of your life. Those couple yeah. hours are like days. Oh, man. Definitely days. Yeah, and you don't think you're getting out of it. You're just trapped. Like, it was just straight anxiety. But... Um, yeah, and I learned after that, you know, the nice thing about vapes is that you can control it somewhat. <laughs> you can control how much you're taking with an edible. It, it's like you got to really commit. <laughs> like that's it. We're going. You know. You do. When you're going, you're gone. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's my story. <laughs> cool. Well, you're one of many, but everybody's got that unique one. So thank right. you for sharing it, Casey. Mm-hmm. So Casey from Bloom here today. Uh, I've got very enlightened myself. I hope everybody else did as well. I want to thank you. And when you're talking about Bloom. Except no imposters. There was only one bloom, the brand bloom. Right? That's right. That's right. right. That's how I see it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what it is. Yeah. Quality and brand all in one name. Bloom. Thank you, Casey. And thank, thank you, everybody, guys. for listening. Appreciate it. Casey, we'll have you back again soon and re-educate us on some more good stuff coming out of the cannabis world. Would love to do it. Thank you so much for having Fantastic. me. Fantastic. Ciao, Very ciao nice. for now. Bye. Bye.